I get asked quite often, should you go to college or not? And my answer isn't like, I feel like it's um, the cool thing to say is don't go to college, get these student loans or you're screwed that they're, you know, college is a scam. Um, you know, everything is, you know, self-taught now. And, you know, Grant Cardone doesn't send his kids to school even and all that kind of, that's like the cool thing to do yeah. these days. But I say... Hello and welcome to the Faster Freedom Show. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. And Lucas, we are again for the second episode in a row in your backyard. You asked on the last episode if you looked comfortable. Now you look real comfortable. I, I think you found your sweet spot. I, I found my sweet spot. I feel like my right leg is uh, going to go um, like numb here, just as you know, it's kind of like a less low blood circulation. I'll figure that out. But I just don't feel as awkward as when my feet were down. And I, I'm like, my upper body was laid back like a recliner. and My lower body was sitting like in a chair. So now we're, now we're congruent. When I rock my child asleep, my leg goes numb every time. Well, can you fix that? No, because I sit like this because it like better to like position. Maybe you need bigger biceps. That would help probably. Yeah, I'll work on that. Okay. But but uh, so then I stand up to like put him in the crib and I like <laughs> fall over. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that happens to you at all when rocking Liza. No. So me, Liza, just I just hold her like this. She's little enough that I my legs are just sitting on and the your ground. biceps so are big good. enough. Yeah. My biceps are big enough, especially those delts. Ooh. They'll just kick into play. I have been working out for about three weeks in a row, and I have noticed some tightening, which is good. That is good. Good for yeah. you, man. Mm -hmm. so I, been... I ran this morning. Nice. I, I do a little bit of that. So what I've decided, I don't like working out my house. I have a nice gym in the basement I use on weekends sometimes. But I uh, got a new uh, re-up my membership at Planet Fitness, which everybody smokes me for because you own 45 million real estate and you go to Planet Fitness. This is a nice gym. Yes. And especially I like it. So I get up like 545. Go there for 45 minutes, get home by 6.45, and then the, then shower, and then by then, get Liza out of bed. Courtney gets up, so I just get it done before, and like the fact that I'm going somewhere, I'm awake and get a better workout. So got my groove back. It took me – I was out of my groove for about a year. That was probably the longest I've ever not consistently worked out since I was 15. Yeah, I think since COVID, I uh, – I think – did we talk about this last episode? Anyway, since COVID, I've been just opposite because uh, I had a, we used to go together mm -hmm. before work, and then COVID hit, and we're like – uh, like our wives didn't want us to go. We we're like, yep. should we still go? It was kind of kind of weird, mm -hmm. right? Um, because they they stayed open. They did for pretty the most part. decent. Planet Fitness, as you can tell, is a well run company. How they like goals, I think, went out of business, but Planet did fine because of all the cleaning, all the they stations, did and, and yep. stuff, and like social distancing mm -hmm. and all that. But uh, ever since then, man, the the home gym has been it for me, and I've been loving it. Yeah, no, I think I just just not my gym. Don't have the motivation to get up and do it. I used to get up and go like literally like. Do like two sets of something back. Like, yeah, fuck it. That's good. But anyways, <laughs> this episode, we're going to talk about do millennials suck. This is an episode I've been wanting to do for a while. We'll probably do more content on this because I'm pretty passionate about this being a millennial. And I think there's a lot of, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, fake news out there about the millennials. Um, and then we're going to get into a win today. So this is a win Wednesday. We're going to talk about one of our uh, latest deals that we're working on. Then we're going to get into a little bit of Africa war talk, which is interesting going on in Africa and the war, probably maybe some delve into some alien talk. And then at the Very end, we're going related. to Very yes. correlated. And then we're going to do our goat talk. We're going to talk about the goat uh, midnight snack, candy, and the goat actor or actress. So quite the episode today we got lined up for it's going to be an incredible episode i'm pumped dude this is gonna be a good one yep I'm awesome locked, i'm locked in you ready rock yep do you want to lay the groundwork a little bit on the uh 
are the reason why yeah. I wanted to do millennial um, suck conversation. For sure, and add some color as you see fit. But um, yeah, I feel like uh, over it's been happening a while over mm-hmm. the past, I don't know, five, ten years. Like it's it's always like uh, no one wants to work these days. Like back in my day, like we did it this way. And, um, you know, this generation is going to going to ruin the the future of our of our country. And uh, I'm just kind of getting sick of it, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, uh, I, I saw a good post by a colleague on social media the other day. Like, it's not that nobody wants to work. It's nobody wants to work for you. Like, you suck as a leader mm-hmm. if that's the case. So step up your leadership. A-plus leaders attract A-plus talent. So uh, whether that's, you know, physical work or um, computer work, whatever it is, um, I think that that applies uh, across the board. So I'm just kind of getting sick of it. And I think uh, us as millennials and, you know, I don't know much about Gen Z. I'm not going to lie. But um, us as millennials... I think I can speak to that pretty well because we're right smack in the middle of it. Yep. So I'm kind of getting sick of it, and I kind of want to. We we kind of want to show off some things of how we are different uh, from the past generation. Some positive, and maybe some some not as positive. So we'll go over both sides of it. Yeah, and we're like you said to to smack dab us in the middle of the millennial chat. Millennials are about 81 to 97 born, and we were born in 87. Yeah. So literally almost right in the middle. Right in the middle. Smack dab (laughs) in the middle. Um, I like I say that a lot. Smack dab in the middle of millennials, smack dab in the middle of the country, smack dab in the middle of the middle class. That's how I grew up. That's yeah. what I like to say. So. Nice. That makes sense. We- yep. Um, just wanted to uh, add a little color to that. Yeah. So we've seen some presentations done, like I alluded to a couple episodes ago about how this, like, a lot of it is it's either A, millennials suck and don't want to work, or B, this old generation just is the the great generation is what I think they call it. And they the country is how it is because of them. And, you know, they are just so much better than the current generation or generations. And baby boomers and millennials, I believe, are the two biggest generations as it kind of goes through those cycles of births and everything. So um, just we get compared to a lot of baby boomers and we apparently suck. And um I think just one quick reference point before we get a lot of stats we have, as well as some um, high-flying um, millennials that have changed the world in a good way. But Lucas, that one presentation that our boy Scott gave, I think he said like, you know, the old, you know, older generation, you know, they 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 were men, they cared for their families, and tough, and and, and they t- they were tough, and they didn't they didn't even approach the D word. The divorce word. Yeah. I just looked it up. Millennials divorce rate is the lowest in decades. Less than 25% of millennials who get married get divorced. This isn't like and I, uh, millennials get married later probably, but I remember the divorce rate was 50% for a while or yeah. close to it because a lot of people would get mer- divorced multiple times. But anyways, millennials just looked it up. Um, 25% of millennials get and I divorced. I think the reason is that is a couple things that we're going to get into here, a couple stats on maybe pushing, um, pushing marriage off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... That's smart, but we'll get into that here. Yeah, and the one last thing on that is, I, I've referenced this as well, but like my grandpa never changed a diaper in his life. So like, and not that, but like we're more involved with our kids. We're changing diapers. You talked about putting your son down to bed every night. Like that didn't happen um, back in the day, uh, just because it's how the world was back then. So, anyways, in my opinion, things get better over time. You could smoke cigarettes on planes in the eighties. Like things get at, better at school. Yeah, they, they were. They were I was in the lunchroom at the office and there's there's women in there that that aren't that old. I would say like 40s and they had designated cigarette smoking spots at their high school. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so it's mind blowing. Uh, it wasn't even that long ago. Well, that's my point. Is things get better with technology. And millennials are on, so a quick little segue into the, so things get better with technology, and, and millennials are on the forefront of technology. So I think millennials are just as good, if not better, than any generation we've ever had. And I, we're going to try to prove that here, as well as just do more chat on this because again, I think this is a tongue in cheek uh, Trump joke, fake news that millennials suck. So anyway, so millennials are more educated than any previous generation. Um, so part of that is because it, we were pushed to do that. But um, almost 40% of millennials have a bachelor's degree or higher. Um, baby boomers is 25%. Was that because they a lot of them were like were young and went to war and all those things? Maybe. But in general, we are a more educated, uh, uh, you know, generation than any other generation. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. And from a from a macro level that. That, that's great, right? And as we know, we've talked about many times, there's a lot of different ways to educate mm -hmm. yourself, right? And it doesn't have to be college. Yeah, good Lord, no, no. And I think um, on, on a con of that, to play devil's advocate a little bit, is you know probably more college, four-year university-educated people is uh, relating to maybe not as many people wanting to get into the trades a little bit right now because mm -hmm. that is a, a real problem. But um Man, I, I just believe in the in the trade so hard. So it doesn't have to be college. It could be a tech school or something, but get good at your craft, educate yourself. And uh, yeah, I think that's important. I think uh, millennials have been doing it better than than any other previous generation yet. Yeah, to, and I use this analogy a lot, but to piggyback on that, um, I think that I get asked quite often, should you go to college or not? And my answer isn't like, I feel like it's um, the cool thing to say is, don't go to college, get these student loans and you're screwed that they're, you know, college is a scam. Um, you know, everything is, you know, self-taught now and, you know, Grant Cardone doesn't send his kids to school even and all that kind of, that's like the cool thing to do yeah. these days. But I say you invest in real estate. You mentioned last episode that any, there's anybody with any passion, there's something for you to do in real estate that you're passionate about. So I think you need to invest in real estate. I think it is ideal to invest in real estate with a full-time W-2 job. You're more bankable, you have a steady income. So I think you should start investing in real estate on the side with a full-time job. If you think you need to go to college to get a good full-time job, engineer, doctor, lawyer, like go to college. But if you can get a really good job being a tradesman, tradeswoman, or something along those lines, then don't go to college. You don't have to go to college to be successful. But if college will help you get a good job, go to college. If you can get a good job because of your skills without college, then don't go to college. Yeah. College, to me, I I think I needed it. Yeah. You know? um, I wasn't uh, mature enough like Mr. Mr. Good T. Good Lord, no. So I, I needed that time to learn how to think and solve problems. And my degree was was engineering. And, you know, if you want to be an engineer for the rest of your life, you, you got to go to school. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's very specific on what you get into as well. And sometimes you don't know that for a while. So um, and I'll also do a do a financial twist to this is, you know, if um, your parents did a great job saving uh, and are, are able to pay for you to go to school, I think that's uh create some other opportunities for you as well or if you get some scholarships as well and in but to me if you have to go into hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt I I don't see that see still that. still being beneficial in the long term for you and your your financial security no I, I could get down with that I think that makes sense I think um, a lot of it is you know the the cost of it what it, what it looks like but in general, um, it has helped me. It helped me get my first job. The fact that I had a degree and then I grew in that company and uh, kind of the last box to check. I remember when I got hired on as sales manager, 
because uh, that was a big deal because I was like 27 or 28 and everybody I was managing was in their 40s and 50s. It was, oh, he's got his master's degree. I was like, oh, yeah, well, then, you know, he'll understand finance and this and that. He'll understand, you know, the bigger picture type uh, of things. So anyways, it, it doesn't hurt to have the degree in a lot of jobs, but as long as it's not going to cost you too much, you know, I had my parents helped me out with that. And then I also had scholarships um, just for uh, uh, edu or academic scholarships, I guess yeah. it was. I think I got I think I got half rides or three quarter rides. So I, I got about the same. So I, I got, had, I got, it was inexpensive. He had a mix of athletic and academic scholarships, not a full ride. I think I was, um, uh, you know, $40,000 in, in debt, which I've obviously since paid off, which is, which is great. So that, that chunk is definitely much more manageable and doesn't sink you like a couple hundred thousand dollar thing would. Cause that would, that would take, you know, coming out of school, getting a 50, Sixty thousand dollar job. How long would it take to pay back twenty grand or yeah. two hundred grand? Like twenty years. Mm -hmm. So that's crazy. Yeah. No, I agree with that one hundred percent. And the student loans are different than they used to be. Not getting too technical there. There was that viral video I sent you, Lucas, of that guy ripping into Dave Ramsey. It was like a five minute video, but he was ripping into um, baby boomers more than anything. Of them saying, you know, you know, uh, you know, suck it up, and you know, you don't have any money, and you're not saving your money. You're spending all your money, and I just remember the example he put in there, and I'll get into some numbers here to kind of start that off, and then I'll take it from there. Is I think millennials' median wealth for our like age is like seventeen or eighteen thousand, and um, baby boomers was a hundred thousand. Like you know, if you do the time value of money calculated in there, so they had quote unquote more more wealth than we did. But as he said in that story, and he backed it up with facts, so I'm gonna caveat this with I don't have the stats to back this up, but I know a lot of people in that generation, and I've seen a lot of stats and. People literally used to like be able to go work at a, like a, a trade skilled, not skilled factory job, make enough where their wives didn't have to work. They yeah. could have two cars, have three kids, go on vacation and oh. save for retirement and have a pension off of like a not high paying job. The cost of everything is so much more for millennials. Yeah. Where in, like we, there's a completely different world that we have to navigate than that they had to navigate in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I think, uh, yeah, and, and I think... The wealth aspect is is tied into a couple other things that we're going to get into too. Uh, part of it being home ownership and how that's been pushed off a little bit. But yeah, you want to get into to income now, Sam? Yeah, a little bit. Throw what you got. Throw it out there. All right. So so earnings. Um, I'll read this stat real quick, and then we'll dive into it. Uh, millennials earn more than previous generations at the same age. The median income for millennials is uh, $41,900 compared to $32,000 for uh, Gen Xers and $29,000 for baby boomers. Yeah, I think that has to, I think this is all playing to kind of our point is they're more educated, probably making more money right out of school, but student loan debt expenses and the rest of the external factors make it difficult to save and, and get ahead. But in general, more educated, making more money. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. goes hand in hand with what we just talked about. And I kind of talked a little about the wealth we just got into. Now let's talk about home ownership. Yeah. So millennials are less likely to own homes than previous generations. 34% of millennials um, own homes compared to 48% of Gen Zers, which is right before millennials. And then right before that is baby boomers. Uh, the biggest ones were 64%. So that's a big difference. So we're kind of doing the baby boomer um, versus millennials. And you know, it's almost double yeah. uh, millennials, 34, baby boomers, 64. And I think that's uh, also very market specific. So this is just probably across the country, I assume, right? There's there's parts of the country like, like Missouri, like St. Louis, that the homeowner, uh, home ownership rate is, is higher in general. But then there's very rental uh renter centric 
markets like Chicago and San Francisco and stuff like that. But um, again, it's kind of all tied together to me. Um, pushing off home ownership until, you know, you feel like you're ready to settle down. Like what, what we've seen a lot with people that come out of our school or, or uh, colleagues or peers of ours is, you know, they, they spend that opportunity where they start earning money, whether that's right out of high school or right out of college, to go maybe move and explore and, and see what's going on. And they do that for three, four, five years, whether it's with a spouse or with not. But when it's time to to settle down and, and have a family, if that's, if that's what you want to do, we see people either moving back to their hometown and purchasing a house or setting, uh, setting roots in a new area that they want to be in and purchasing a house. So I don't, I don't think it really makes a whole bunch of sense to go and just purchase a house when you move to a new city. So um, um, spending time figuring out where you want to live and what even within a certain city, if you know you want to be in a city but don't know what part of it, rent for a while. I think that's a great option. I, but I do think with um, the age of homeownership for millennials is 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 higher right that's a big that's a big part of that percentage mm -hmm. percentage down so i think that's also directly tied to that the the wealth that we were talking about because the majority of wealth in the united states is uh the biggest portion of wealth throughout everybody in the united states is tied to their 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 residents right and if they're pushing that off a little bit they have a little less time to build that wealth within their house if that yes. makes sense i that makes sense so i was i was not ignoring you i was finding a stat that uh, yeah. a, a stat that i put out that cuz i'm taking this in a different direction a little bit i think a lot of it is the affordability of home so this just quick stat i did this post several months ago on on instagram so it took me a little bit to find it so we're not even talking not even going back to the generations of of, of baby boomers as far as time frame goes so just check this stat in 2000 the average house price was two hundred and two thousand dollars. so 200 grand was the average house price in 2000 all right and the average um salary was forty two thousand. The average house price when I did this, not the median, the average was 535000 in 2023. So in 23 years, the house over doubled. Yeah. And guess what the income did? It went from forty two to 53000 So my point is so houses are getting more expensive. They're less, they're, they're not, you can't afford them yeah. like you used to be able to afford. The, the joke is my, you know, my grandpa bought his house for $6,000. I get money cost of averaging, but his income was probably more than the average cost of the house. Now your income is... 20% of the average cost of a house. So anyways, I think the affordability and the cost of real estate, why we buy it, because it's an asset that decreases in value substantially, just makes it harder. And I think it's going to continue to be that way. I think it's more likely that the average house is going to be, we're going to be like the rest of the world, that it's a lot harder to afford a house in Europe than it is in St. In, in, or in Missouri, or in Missouri, St. Louis, but in the United States, just because of the affordability. That makes sense, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so income in that time went up twenty five percent, whereas value of a, a house over went up one hundred and twenty five percent, or whatever that actual math is. Um, so, so people that are looking to become homeowners, whether they're uh, millennials or Gen, uh, Gen Zers, um, are going to have a very very tough time because they're going to have to utilize savings accounts to to put down as down payments. Whereas uh, because the past 10 years have been really good for real estate, right? Values have increased a lot over the past 10 years. But 
if you owned a home in that past 10, 10 years, your wealth and equity has increased with that. So you're able to sell it, trade up, refinance, HELOC, whatever it is, you're able to access that equity and go continue to, to purchase homes, whatever that looks like. So, but if, if you've been on the sidelines for this past, I would say, you know, even like three, four, five years, it's, it's, it's a challenge for sure to, to save up that money to put down as a down payment. I feel like millennials kind of got the early millennials home buying time was like right after the crash. Yeah. So like that was, it was hard to get a loan and people were making money. So like the time, if, if we didn't have that huge crash, like a lot of more millennials, probably millennials would have been able to get on that equity train that you're talking about. So the fact that that kind of screwed us over because of greedy baby boomers and the financial laws that they pass and the banking system and all the stuff that they were doing, like we're like, and that was again, go back to that video that that guy put out, like we're picking up that mess. So it's hard for us to buy a house. Not, it's not our fault. Millennials quote unquote fault that the the housing market crashed. We didn't have any control over the uh, policies and things like that at yeah. that time. Millennials do are starting to now with millennials getting in the banking and job and politics. So we're starting to have an effect, but we had nothing to do with that. We just had to deal with the shit that they put us in because of that, which made it harder to buy a house. Yeah, I think the the sweet spot was to buy a house where where lending kind of came back, interest rates were still low, but prices weren't. Hot, super high like they are now was was probably like that 2014 to 2020 time frame like that is the sweet spot to me and we were you know 25 to 32 at that time and that's probably right at the sweet spot for to start kind of building a family and maybe purchase a home so that lined up really well with us so we had a little that luck part on our for side. us but not the newer millennials right not the newer millennials that were or 20 the young, at that time or you, 22 exactly at that time. so we got we got lucky there i'm not gonna lie but oh, um yeah. um yeah so for i think we're making the same but different point for our specific age group that worked out pretty well but we also had good jobs and worked hard for the older the younger millennials that was made it tough at that time because of what we had to go through through all that and yeah. now the younger millennials trying to buy houses now hard to buy houses man they're not for out sure. there and they're super expensive and that's why i think you know renting can still be a quality option and it's it's very dependent on market like i said again so uh check out your cost of living to buy a house versus your cost of rent um uh, cost of renting when i bought my first house um I looked at what it cost to rent that same house, and it was like thirteen hundred bucks. I could buy that same house. This was in twenty twelve. Mm -hmm. I could buy that same house. Cost of mortgage, insurance, and taxes was seven hundred dollars. So it, everything it, it was the was the half. Yeah. So it made much more sense to purchase. But take a look at what that ratio is for your market, and make sure you're not overpaying for one or the other. Yeah, I agree 100%. And a couple more millennial stats, and then I want to get into some millennial big achievers that you may or may not know were millennials and the things they've done. Then we'll get into our win. We're going to talk a little bit about our storage, which is kind of a win, kind of not um, our self-storage that we're selling. And then we'll get into um, African war and, and aliens. Yeah, hey, why not? <laughs> Might as well. Um, so millennials are a little bit more likely to delay marriage, as we talked about. So 29 is the average um um, first marriage for millennial if they're getting married, and 31 is childbirth, so a little bit older. Um, and then politics. This is interesting. I feel like we can get into this a little bit more. I used to kind of steer away from this stuff, but we're, we're not going to do a deep dive right now. But um, I think it's, in general, younger people are more democratic, left-leaning, and older people a little more right-leaning. You know, I feel like when they're younger, you care more about causes, and when you're older, you have some money, so that's all you care about kind of thing in general. And that bears out. I think um, 
35% of baby boomers are democratic and 62% of millennials are democratic. So that's, again, that's a, a huge difference. Yeah. I think that probably bears itself out in most generations. I know a lot of baby boomers were, um, were, uh, you know, against the war and that was a more democratic thing versus like, uh, so I think the younger people in general are a little bit more cause based and not monetary based. But anyways, what do you think about, about those? Yeah. I'll, I'll talk, talk about the relationships, uh, and, and putting off marriage, uh, uh, as our average age of, of marriage for millennials is is a little older than you know maybe our grandparents getting ma- married at eighteen and seventeen mm-hmm. like um, to me it just makes perfect sense no wonder why the divorce rate was fifty percent when you're getting married and you're a teenager mm-hmm. yeah you gosh right you, do you yeah. think that's directly tied to each other us as millennials waiting a little bit to get married, making sure that this is the person we want to spend the rest of our life with. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a fa- Oh, for sure. A thousand percent. Yeah. How much more mature are 20 year olds and 25 year olds and 30 year olds? It's like a huge jump. Yeah. But they were so much more, more mature. Than oh us. yeah. So much better at everything. Yeah. <laughs> so any, any thoughts on the political side of it? Yeah. I think, uh, you, you said it, but, uh, saying that I liked, uh, that I've heard and I like is, uh, Democrats think with their heart, uh, Republicans think with their head. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I think that goes kind of right into it to what you're saying there. And I and I believe there's there's cycles in that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's probably big long cycles, but I'm I'm over the course of a, a century or two, I'm sure that's probably gonna even itself out or flip flop or whatever. But yeah, just depends on a lot of different things. I yeah. agree. All right. So some some big millennials that the world would not be the same without. I feel like the he kind of takes the cake for it, but old Zuck. Dude's wild. Zuck Erberg. So he's a millennial. Um, all right, similar. He's kind of a badass too these yeah, days. He, Have you he, seen him? Yeah, like just, pictures of his jujitsu stuff and all Dude, the crazy. He's freaking jacked. Yeah, and knows jujitsu. Like yeah. he would beat our ass. Yeah, I feel like you kind of almost like he's probably yeah, he's got so much security around him, but he, it wouldn't hurt to defend yourself. He's worth a lot of money. Yeah, and I think he just likes it. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. So Zuckerberg. So um, Rihanna is a millennial. She's a billionaire. She's done well for herself. Um, Beyonce is at the very beginning of millennial. Do you yeah. know that eighty one? Um, LBJ. Millennial, he's done. He's done some really crazy things. Evan uh, Spiegel, then uh, Snapchat millennial. Um, so Brian Chesky, again Airbnb uh, millennial. Yeah. Um, uh, the Collins brothers, then uh, Stripe millennials. Um, Daniel Elk Eek invented Spotify or one of the founders of Spotify. So just wanted to throw some stats out there of a lot of brands and people and things and heavy movers in the world are millennials and we're still a little bit younger. Usually the people that affect the world are a little bit older, but it's, it's getting younger as millennials um, are doing crazy cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You had Elon Musk on this list. But I did not out- chat GPT or <laughs> barred through him on there, but he is not a millennial. He's not a millennial, but a lot of, lot of Lucas, Lucas freaking walls is a millennial. Yep. For a smack dab in the middle. Smack dab. <laughs> but uh, a lot of amazing businesses and companies and, the way the the world is today, and some of the efficiencies that we have, are, are where those companies were started and founded by by millennials. So I think that's pretty cool. For sure. All right. So when Wednesday, I'm going to let you kind of tee this one up a little bit. Talk a little bit about uh, the win slash loss last lesson lesson learned oh, of boy. our self storage um, debacle. Yeah, is that a right word? Like you said, it's a it's a win and a loss or whatever you want to call and a tie it. Tie, it's all of it. It's all of it. Just an emotional mess. We are prim emotional mess. But yes. uh, anyway, Sam and I bought uh, our first storage facility back in 2020. Super cool deal. Um, made an offer at the beginning of 2020. Uh, 
didn't get accepted. We stuck to our numbers and then COVID hit and they came back and was like, hey, is that offer still valid? We're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's <laughs> see what happens. That's like most of the stuff we do, right? It ends up like that. But um, but uh, yeah, so o- over time on this storage facility, we, uh, we, we did a lot of construction, a lot of effort. We spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars building out new buildings and grading and security and lighting and all this stuff and um and f- getting it to a place where we could cash flow from mm-hmm. it. it was a huge value add project and during the middle of that one we thought it was going so well that we should buy another one right so we bought another storage facility and uh, this one was a little more turnkey and we didn't do a whole bunch of construction on it but just thought it was an amazing idea right uh fast We're geniuses fo- fast forward even to even to begin late last year, beginning of this year, uh, we wanted to keep these. We were looking to uh, refinance so we could take out of our take out our private lenders, take out our construction loan, and just uh, convert to some more high quality long term debt. And uh, as we were going through that process, we kind of figured out that storage is a different beast to manage than single family rentals and apartments. You we suck that? at storage. We suck at storage is another great way to say Millennials that. don't suck, but we suck at storage. Yeah. And I, I still believe in storage as an asset class and as, as an investment, but it's a different animal, different systems, different personnel. Everything is different. Uh, you would think it would be slightly similar, similar, but it's it's really not. Um, mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of money uh, putting these things together. Um, we're into our uh, one of our first facility for about um, $825,000. Went to our second facility for about five hundred thousand, so that's about you know one point three ish, give or take. Um, so we decided to see instead of refinance, if we could sell these bad boys, right? Mm. So we're like, yeah, let's get. We're gonna get one point seven million, make uh, four hundred grand, and yeah, that, that that's lesson wor- learned. Four hundred grand gain, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. That's worth our. That's worth our all of our effort over the past couple years, two three years, right? Um. Uh, as interest rates started to rise, um, interest in our for, for sale stuff uh, started to diminish at that price because, you know, value of commercial assets are directly tied to, to interest rate. They're going to be less valuable. The yield is going to be smaller if interest rates go up. That's that's just uh, that's just what it is. Because uh, it's based on the values, based on net income, and your net income goes down when you pay more for, for sure. to borrow that, money. That, that's different than single families, right? Yes. Um, so uh, we're, we actually got a contract for 1.7, uh, and after a whole bunch of due diligence and uh, the buyer like literally poking holes in every single thing we did and how we're not doing it right, which we're not. And That's it, why we're selling it, you idiot. Yeah. No, just kidding. Um, we renegotiated for like a, a 1.5 million, give or take. So after all commissions and fees, we're going to make like 70 grand on this thing. <laughs> So into something for 1.3, making 70 grand over three years, I would call that not a great investment. Yes, I would right? call that a um, I call it yeah, I would call it a failure. But like uh, like we fail all the time, and I say all the time, like you're not going to be successful without failing. So yeah, it was a failed experiment, but at least we learned a lot and we made a little money. Yeah, and, and the win to me doesn't even come with the money. It's uh, we got uh, 400,000, dollars of private private lenders tied up into this thing, which we can't go do other things with. So we get that back and our, our team gets this load of managing storages off of their plate so we can dive hard into things that we're really good at, like single families and multifamilies. So um, that effort, that return on the effort that's going to be 
um, uh, going to go away is we're going to be able to focus that uh, towards other investments and really supercharge our our cash flow and our wealth going forward. Yeah, no, I think it was just a, you, you summarized that well. I don't need to um, belabor too many of those points, but yeah, it just was a something that we think it's a good asset class. We just we just don't like it. I think as part of it, and we just didn't focus on it, so we were just underperforming an asset. And uh, we, you know, we're, we're paying the price of that by not selling it to where we could sell it. But we're getting out of it. We're getting our lenders paid back. We'll be able to turn that 450, 500 grand of private lenders' money into a couple million dollar apartment complex deal that we know what we're doing on. Yep, closes this month too. So fingers crossed, Prem. Fingers crossed. I like it. When when this? What time this month? Eight thirty one. Eight thirty one. Perfect. Always got to do the end of the month. Keep end it keep month. it fun. All right. So Lucas. So there, uh, the countdown to the next great war has begun in Africa. So oh boy. just uh we'd like to do a little bit of common up like uh, current topic thing. So um earlier this year in February there was a, a military coup um in in Niger and um that's how you say it right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um overthrowing the the uh, the basically the military overthrew um the president um and then the the colonel kind of declared himself the interim president. So it, it followed for a while there was political unrest. Um you know, they were overthrowing the democratic quote unquote government. So the U.S. probably sticks their nose in more than we should, but in general, it's when a democracy gets overthrown somewhere or a coup that we go in and try to restore "quote unquote" democracy. Um, you know, I'm sure we have our fingers in even more than than we know, but we haven't really done anything with it yet. But pressure is mounting, and I guess recently we have made some statements, whether it's our Secretary um, of Defense and I guess recently Biden has said we are ready to go over there if need be, and they do not want that. I promise you there, uh, you that, and it's even reaching up north a little bit to to Russia uh, because Putin just forgave the twenty three billion dollars in debt that those African countries um, owe. Um, oh, Russia. And I think that's more of just him grasping at straws because he's losing the war in Ukraine that he's trying to get uh, garner some favor with some African countries. So anyways, it's starting to more from a little coup to expanding beyond that to getting into Russia. Is U.S. going to be involved? So um, it's getting interesting, I guess I, I like to say. Yeah. And I'm going to give my macro thoughts again. I knew big, you were going to go there and there's nothing big, wrong with that. Big macro guy over here. So um, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Ooh, that's what we should do if the Giphy goes through, you win. Love it. Let's do it here okay, at the go. end after we talk about war. And then aliens. Um, <laughs> so, um, gosh, this, our Earth. Let's talk about Earth. <laughs> oh, gosh. You're going as macro as it, about as it gets. And then I'm going to bring it in a little bit, but uh, then I'm going to go out a little bit. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, um, to me, there's just, it seems so fragile of the couple decisions of a couple people in power in different countries could freaking ruin this earth pretty okay. much you know like wow okay we Going talked a little dark with this we talked earlier about uh what is it two nukes create like a nuclear winter and, and kill off so much stuff that this world would never be the same so that scares the hell out of me that um we haven't we seen have, oppenheimer yet we have humanity in our earth people bombing and killing other people right mm -hmm. and it's you know it's just the world we live in mm -hmm. so um and it's crazy how different people human beings can be so um that that's that's scary right super fragile in my eyes of it's something like this could could change the course of the world of our earth even um and then uh right now i guess united states would be considered the superpower yes so um I, I do like that we 
are the ones that <laughs> kind of control and um, monitor other uh, specifically nuclear activity across the world across the world because if that was in somebody else's power like I don't think they would do as good a job as us. Not everybody's so. a fan of the U.S. I understand that, but in general, yes, the goal of us of the U.S. is not to have a mil have not to have a um you know a nuclear war. Yeah, and then I'm gonna go wide here. So think about think about the galaxy, think about the universe, Prim, okay, and uh, talk about like you know the the U UAP is what they call them now that they just found like life form on, and uh, just the the fact that um. You know, somewhere out there in the universe, there's there's probably some other sort of life life forms. It's crazy how I can't even fathom how big the universe is, and then how how far you have to go to find that life form, and how lucky we are to have this Earth that life is able to be sustained on abundant, abundant. And then we're just gonna fucking go blow it up and and kill everybody. I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but it's just gosh, it seems so damn petty to me sometimes. But uh, I don't know. That's my macro thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the thought. You can tell we wanted to get into some topics. We just took a, that African war and did a hard left. But I do. So my take on that similarly, I agree with a lot of that. I'll throw some color in there. But in general, this this UAW, this UFO, all these all these objects getting flown around that they're like they're they're aliens or they're not or whatever. I am extremely confident. If I was a betting man, I would bet a lot of money that most of a most of that stuff is made up and generated. Like there's never been a clear. Um, photo of a ufo or a alien it's always like grainy and people pixel so it's not real um the other part is anything like that that is real is probably um our government hopefully or other governments technologies that they have not released yet i'm very confident that um if there are probably other life forms the odds of i think they're like either the size of like this earth or they're like microorganisms the fact the odds of this entire universe and somebody coming to visit us and they have technology that's just the same size as us a ship the size of your house what are the odds of them flying like it would be teeny like a fit on my fingernail or it would be ginormous the odds of it being able to fit humans means it's human based in my opinion if it was like really this um otherworldly technology we probably couldn't even see it ultraviolet whatever all that is you know the whole get into the pyramids we're going to get into but how like they were built through that technology even on earth technology was different ten thousand years ago so, so to think that they have this thing that they a crash and can't control themselves even though they made it all the way to earth and all these things just makes me very confident that there's probably aliens but we've probably never seen them even if we have they're like microorganisms they're not something that is a similar makeup and feel and structure to humans. Yeah, I just that's just that makes sense at all. It does, but it just disappoints me because I want to I want to look at otherworldly forms like Independence Day. Yeah, like, that's what I want to think, like trying to communicate with these people like similar sizes, humans, just like this alien look mm -hmm. like um, but that's probably not super accurate i don't think it is just like going what with the odds and just trying to take that macro perspective look that i like to do on things it just makes more sense to me that it would um be something that like the odds of them coming over something that we could pilot and understand are just not real you're so logical Prim. sometimes i am sometimes i'm a moron so it's not always all right so that's our thought on that hopefully um ukraine continues to kick, kick russia's butt and then we can get a somewhat um non-violent end to this whatever going on in africa all right ready for a goat debate i'm excited about this. so we're going to talk a little bit about what we think the goats are of certain things we do this on our wednesday episode every week along with the win wednesday and a couple other chats so this segment segment is called goat talk so lucas 
What do you think the goat midnight snack is? And don't be a freaking moron like last time when you said the best show of all time was uh, Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. I, I, I think you about regret that. that. It's I okay. Do. I'd say I stuff do. I regret. It's a, it's a mistake. Yeah, I, like, I make mistakes all the time. It's okay, but that was a mistake. <laughs> and this this one might be too because this is this is this is my goat. Um, if I need a little snack. Um, Usually just like a few chips or something ain't gonna do it for me, so I need a little ain't? bit more uh, substantial. Ain't 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 a word because it ain't, 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 ain't in Webster, but um, I'm gonna go with a uh, a turkey sandwich. That is my midnight snack. That is my goat. Um, what do we, we put mayonnaise on there? Oh, some pepper def- jack, mayonnaise, cheese, turkey, and pickles. If I have them, that is that is my. We heating this thing up? Or we cold? No, cotton? cold turkey. Maybe with some chips. Um, that is that is on my, the sandwich. No, okay. on the side. But okay. I'm, I'm, I might mess with them on the sandwich. Yeah, that, is, a, that is my goat midnight snack. You're a pickle guy. Yeah, I love pickles. Yeah, you don't. You always give me your pickle, and that's, I do. that's so kind of that's you. It's a weird way but to say it, but it's really just because yes. you don't like them. But that's all right. No, it's I love them. I just want you to enjoy them. Thank you. Um, so my midnight goat snack. You know, I'm I'm in bed several hours before midnight every night. So let's we'll call it my nine thirty snack, and it's kind of like a lot of people's midnight snack. Um, so I have a few that I go to, but there, it's tough for me to beat just a freaking handful of gummy bears. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like go, I, I got like a big thing of them, and you like, I mean, a huge thing, like a big bag, and just a handful of them. Yeah. Usually my tummy hurts afterwards. <laughs> it, it allows me Can't to imagine why. It allows me to not eat as much. Like if I'm eating like goldfish or pretzels or something that's like you can eat, like I'll eat like a whole bag, but a handful of gummy bears just screws up my belly so much that's all so I so eat. So you just intentionally make yourself sick so you don't eat anymore. I mean, not sick, just like I don't feel eating anymore. Yeah. yeah, you're definitely a, a sweet guy, and I'm yeah. a, I'm a savory yeah, guy, and you can sure. tell with our goat snacks right there. Do, do you like uh, gummy worms? No, or any any sugar on the outside. I mean, or I sour? don't mind it. I I don't like sugar. I don't like sand in my toes right. and all the things we've talked about. So I don't like just sugar everywhere. Like uh, the sugar, it's on your face. It's on. Your, I don't want it. Like what a mess. Sticky. I can just picture you yeah. just like leaning yes. back on the couch, just like yes, just gummy bears. All yes. Over you. Well, I mean, I, the gummy bears uh, usually I don't miss those, but yeah. um, not not this not the uh, not the sugar. But what, so how about real the, quick? I got a quick go funny ahead. story. Uh, so another one of my snacks is. Um, that I like is chocolate covered almonds. Love them. Um, I accidentally fell asleep on the couch. Oh gosh. Uh, the, uh, the other night. And, uh, I, I missed one chocolate covered almond and it was like in my lap and I had like a blanket on and, uh, I woke up like, you know, where the hell am I like an hour later? And it was just all melted, like oh. in, in my lap on the blanket. It was nasty. <laughs> Did you throw a blanket away? No, we washed it. Okay, good call. Yeah. Um. So candy then. What's your favorite candy? Did you just explain it? No. The f- favorite candy to me is is Reese's, bro. It it it, it is the goat, and I don't care what you say. I mean, like, it's think a, about. Let's think uh, about this. So we if got, you have to justify it, it ain't the goat. No, I'm just gonna. You're gonna be like, damn, you're right. So uh, they got the you got the classic Reese's cups. Okay. But then you can go with uh, uh, what what are like the smaller ones wrapped in tin foil. You what? know, you know what I'm like, talking about—the smaller Reese's, like, like wrapped the eggs, not the eggs. But we'll get there, but like you got the like the orange packet Reese's, Reese's, right? Okay. And then you got like the individually wrapped, like they come in like a big bag that you give out at Halloween or okay, Christmas yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. 
and then you got like the Reese's Pieces, like the the M and M size uh, chocolate and peanut butter, and then you got holiday themed, like you got like a pumpkin shaped Reese's, or you, you got like an the versatility oh, of Reese's. Oh my gosh! And every one of them, just give me them, so delicious. So you like that? That's a little more of that savory, yeah. But so you like that chocolate and that that peanut butter, yeah, uh, mixed together. Yeah. What what you got? Oh. Uh, I'm probably going to, I'm a little more sweet guy. I don't mind the savory, but I I mean, just think about what I buy when I go to the grocery store. Um, I mean, so gummy bears are up there, especially that, uh, whatever that brand is. I, I don't know. They're really freaking good. Gummy, gummy bears are up there. And I'm usually a guy that I like, if I'm having Starburst, I want to eat all the yellows, then all the oranges, then all the reds, then all the pinks. The pinks are the best. So kind of separate them out. But with gummy bears, the best thing is just to get like, you know, get like a handful, then just get two or three in your mouth oh. and just don't even know what's in there. Just different flavors Mix just them. exploding in your mouth. Wow. Exploding in your mouth. That's what she said. So used to that, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm so used to that. But um, so <laughs> I would say gummy bears, they're just, um, they're, they're a classic um, and they're just, you can just consume them and they're just they're just the, it's more of a texture thing for me like i like laffy taffy i just like the texture of things i like um i like uh i don't like like stale starburst but like not stale starburst is good is your goat actor or actress gummy bears as well no you're that's gonna just do gummy bears no i just gummy it? bear oh i did gummy bear twice in a row <laughs> didn't i whatever all right so talk about versatility yeah all right so what, what's your goat actor or actress oh man so i was thinking how to do this right like my favorite one um or just like the, the goat man and, and to me i just went with like the overall goat in my eyes is daniel day lewis okay um just a phenomenal actor in some of the the best movies of all time um specifically gangs of new york just 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 the best one of the best performances I've ever seen from mm -hmm. from the butcher, right? And then uh, there will be blood. And then back in his early days, obviously had some had some had some bangers. As I well, think he won for Lincoln too, is what he won. Lincoln, for. yeah, um, that's a so big one too. What? So. Uh, well, who's your favorite then? Give me a cop up favorite or something. Uh, yeah, this is probably beyond that. Uh, uh, the Jersey Shore train a little bit, but no, not exactly. But uh, my favorite, um, I think, is Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf, Shia. Is that how you say it? I still think that's how you say it. I, his last name is a challenge for me. What about his first name? Shia. I think it's Shyla. Shia, I think it's Shia LaBeouf. Is that right? Or Shyla LaBeouf. There's an L in there somewhere. So the, he's your favorite? Okay. you just so where, uh, He's just phenomenal. Any movie that like, it, it comes out with him, dude, I'm like, give it to me. Like, especially Holes, dog. Goodness <laughs> gracious. All right. So. What's yours? Um, yeah. I feel like you. You, I feel like you purposely say that kind of stuff. You don't even believe it. Dude, I love Shia. I, I, and I love him as a person, too. You met him? <laughs> I have not. So you, did you know him very well? You guys well, text I've all the time? I've seen him on podcasts and stuff. So. Okay. All right. Um. So I uh, I think Daniel is a hell of an actor. For me, um, the GOAT, in my opinion, um, was probably, I just, I mean, I would probably say Hanks. Um, he's just he. Colin. Tom, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Colin <laughs> Hanks. Um, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Colin Hanks. Who's that? Is his son. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I like him. Yeah. But Tom Hanks, he just uh, he always plays the roles. Everybody loves him. He's very well respected. He brings people to the box office. Um, so him probably runner up would be Denzel. They're yeah, both. Yeah, they so part of it being a good actor, in my opinion, is they bring people to the box office. Yeah. Like I don't even like Tom Cruise, but he puts people in the seats. All of his movies, from Mission Impossible to to Maverick to all those, he, and he puts, does all his own stunts. And he puts yeah. he puts butts in the seats. And I don't think there's very many very many people put butts in seats as much as Hanks and Denzel. I mean. Tom Hanks has been um, Forrest Gump. I mean, he's cast away like uh, all the movies. He's what else? I mean, he's been in some just absolute. Uh, a man, man called Otto recently, right? Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he's just been in, and then Philadelphia. Did I said that one. Uh, that was a huge one back what, in the day. What's the one where he was? Um, big. He's in Big. I oh, think. Big's a great movie. Uh, he's the uh, the captain of that Sully? tank. Uh, no, that's of the plane. That's the captain. Captain of the, the Captain the, Jack Sparrow. No, Captain of the Tanker Cruise. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they Captain get, Phillips. Yeah, they get a uh, uh, hold held hostage by Somali pirates. That's a great movie. Yeah, dude. so so those two guys, and then Denzel's obviously got like Training Day and yeah. Remember the Titans. So those are the two. My favorite though, um, I don't know. I really like those guys. I'm a big I'm a big Matt Damon fan. Yeah, he's, I enjoy his movies, and I just yeah. like him. Him and Benny. And then yeah, you know who else I like? Leo yeah. DiCaprio too. Christian Bale is a great Christian one, Bale's too. Christian Bale is a great actor. And uh, actress side, uh, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep is probably the best actor, actress out of all of them. Just I don't understand. Talented. Sometimes, they, is it, are they all actors or there's actors, actress? I feel like, I don't know. I no, feel like. I'm the wrong person to ask there. Ask the Academy. Yeah, but I Meryl Streep's phenomenal um, actor or actress. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of, of really good ones out there. Yeah. I, I like a. a She's a uh, Brie. Uh, what's her name? Uh, oh yeah, uh, sh she's in a room. Yep. Yeah. And then Jennifer and Lawrence. Captain, Mar Captain yeah. Marvel. Too, Jennifer right? Lawrence is oh, a great yeah. actress. I, I just got on the Hunger Games trail. Yeah, she's a great actress. I just watched Hunger Games the first time this week, and I, I started Catching Fire the second one. So yeah, she's great. And she's great in like Silver Linings and all that. Oh kind of yeah, stuff. she's phenomenal. Yeah. She's won a couple Academy Awards. I think she never had like acting lessons. She's yeah. just a real woman. Woman. All right, okay. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We are going to throw the outline into the fan. And if should if it get hit, the, what, what wins? I going think you through? want it to hit. Okay. I think that's a win. Okay. All right, go ahead. Oh, that's you. Dude, that's two. You, I can't beat that. No, just that don't was even try. incredible, dude. And I didn't hit. So you, War time! You definitely win that. All right, see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message, and we'll cover it in an upcoming show. 